on the dock, and that's Mr. Otis Redding. Otis Redding's. Oh, that's our version of sitting on the dock of the bay. We're here on the dock. O R G every Tuesday and Thursday, dropping podcast to you. We are around the cottonwood table, which is grown on the river near the dock. So we're all ready to go, and we've got a great show for you. We're all about conversations to propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. And we're getting ready to go today with the broadcast. Hopefully you found us. Obviously you're listening to me. You found us. We're on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. YouTube is video, Spotify and iTunes audio play. And you can subscribe, hit like, notify. It'll actually tell you when we're in the queue there with something new. Go back and listen to all our archives there as well. We're also on Google Play, which is also another audio feature. Uh, Facebook, you can find us video-wise, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. SermonNet, we store all our stuff, so go check that out. We'd love to hear from you on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. So come out and talk to us about the episode today. Ask questions, share thoughts, and we'd love to be in dialogue. Make sure you share our show out uh, through your social media network and spread the love of On The Dock. Glad to have you with us, sitting with us today. We want you to do all that. Like I said, subscribe, hit like, notify, and all that. That helps us out. And big favor we're asking, Season 3 Focus, My Patreon. Go to My Patreon, download the app on your phone. Um, download to my Patreon app, go look up on the dock with pastor Troy. You'll find us. And we have four levels of partnership. We'd love to invite you to be a partner on our show. Help us do more with the show. Somebody stole a foamy and like we, we have no money to fix the foamy. I don't know. Can, can we probably can't see the foamy cause we don't, we're not set up for a wide shot. Are we, you can, you can pull the one off of your microphone and show Okay, them. Look here. Hang on. Houston. This is a foamy. Our seat three over here, our other guest seat. Oh, that's terrible. You do that. sound much more harsh without Oh, my. Boy, that's horrible. Wow. I could be like the, the, the what was those boys? The uh, fat boys. I could bebop, you know. Sorry about that, people. We had to show you. We can't, we don't, somebody took it. We don't know. This is our private studio. Somebody came in and took our foamy and we don't have resources to buy a new foamy, so we're foamless. So you can go to my Patreon, help us out, and $5 a month, become a partner with us, and we will build a Ford of foamy. Uh, there's a 5, 10, 20, and 50, and there's all kinds of things we do from everything, sending you some of these mugs uh, and that, and recognizing you on the show and as our partners, we'd love to have you. We also have three levels of sponsorship if you have a business organization, Christian business, uh, church ministry. We'd love to uh, have you as a support partner, but we would also feature you in the show regularly, and also even at, at some levels of support, do a show with you. So we'd love to partner with you uh, to share what you're doing in the kingdom. So check that out and uh, communicate with us through that. It lets us know. You can also go to onthedoc.org. That's our website and talk to us and find all these links. You can email us questions at info at onthedoc.org. If you know where our FOMI is, email us or you can talk to us on any of those social media networks that I told you about. Um, I'm Pastor Troy. There's my beautiful dressage for season three. My lovely co-host, Mother Beth's in the studio. Mother Beth, how you doing? Fine. Maybe somebody took it for hostage. <sighs> well, I mean, that's Maybe they else. want money to give it back. We've got at the control board today, our techno wizard, our executive director, uh, Lucas Winkler. Hello, Lucas. Hello. How are you? Yeah, Lucas on camera right there. Yeah. Today, Lucas, uh, we are in season three, which is a training season for you. You're training new people on the board. And I don't think she's on camera, but but Donna is in the room. Um, she would probably be able to Hi, holler at your microphone. Hi, Donna. Hi. Donna. Kranjewski. <laughs> Kranjewski. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm working on it. When are we getting a new Lucas picture? Uh. We, we're supposed to have the before oh, and after. Sorry. We don't have the before and after. We're working yeah. on. This is uh, back to Lucas again. This is Lucas pre-marriage, and you're going to very soon see his uh, after he's married picture. We're going <laughs> to we're going to track it too. Five year, ten year, twelve year. We're going to have the whole thing there. You're going to see him deteriorate rapidly. And next thing you know, you know what he's going to look like. This right here. <laughs> oh, I love you, honey. Um, uh-huh. Colt's not with us today. Colt has a regular job, so he had to go go to work on that job. So, um, but we got that uh, Donna's over there on the other side. Normally she'd be at the mic here, but she's training on the board, the big board. Lucas show us that board again. She got all, all these buttons. It's like magical world over here. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I got to pan the camera down, but yeah. Yeah. Um, pan, there you go. Go ahead and grab it. This is a flexible show. It's probably really tight. Hold on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people, we've got. I mean, he's got switchers, sound yeah. effects, different cameras, yeah. lighting, audio. And each of our headphones can sound differently. Um, each of our mics, uh, their mics, their cameras. He can make people applaud, clap. He's got yeah. sound effect. Oh, beautiful job, beautiful job. Yeah. So Donna's learning this today. Uh, Colt's learning it as well. Did a real good job, and uh, he'll be back with us on Monday uh, and Tuesday to shoot. And uh, we're just excited about having uh, Donna over there learning. She already uploads and produces all of our stuff. So her learning another component just gives us, you know, double the advantage, you know, especially now that Lucas is married, his wife might want him to come home sometime. Yep. So, so that's exa- that's exactly Donna's right. now been married long enough. Her kids are out that, you know, she can go when she wants. Yeah. 34 years. You can go when you want. We're at 35. So, you know, my wife's like, I, hope I don't think we really are at 35. Are we? Yeah. I think we just keep saying that. No, we're fixing to be 35, right? Are we 35? We're 35 this year. We're 34, too. We were married in 89, February 89, is that right? You married in 89? Yeah, so 34. So, so. Well, we've just said we're married for 35 years for a while now. Yeah, just get used to it. Yeah, at this point in time, my wife's praying I don't come home. So it makes it easier. Uh, Yeah, you know, hey, I want to follow up on this conversation. Colt's not here, but I want to validate something. In our last episode, go back and watch episode uh, three, rule three of our our series here on the resistance training camp. Um, I'll put that up. I'll put that up here. Let me put a picture of Colt up. This is our fine Colt. He's our tech ninja. He's not here today. But Colt asked a question on camera. You go see it. He switched to himself. It's kind of nymphomaniac of y'all to switch to yourself. But, but what? That's no, not no, a, that's no, that's not the right. Word. That is not the right not, word. Not, not, well, narcissistic. <laughs> now wrong. Well, nympho is a bad word. So, I was like narcissistic. I knew it's some sort. I know it's some sort of in narcissistic. Make a make a note. Make a note. Yeah, yeah. Make a note. Narcissistic. I'm sorry. They're not nymphomaniac. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. That's that's like no, no. Well, he's well, he's newly married. You never know. But he stop. I'm just. Can we just start over? Yeah. Okay. Cole. That's kind of narcissistic when you switch to camera. That's what I was trying to say. You know, everybody knows what I meant. It's ambiguous, like ambiguity, you know, and ambidextrous. They're, they're close. Okay. We're in the series, Building a Stronger Church series, Resistant Trading Camp. We were in Rule 3, and and uh, he had a really good example of it. It may have been in Rule 2, too. But he talked about, uh, Cole talked about that um, you can't take shortcuts. You got to do it the right way. And then he talked about the example of J.G., uh, Wentworth. Yes. I want my money and I want my money now. And how people can get shortchanged by they take a quick cash, they lose out on so much more, and these companies take advantage of people wanting instant everything. And I want you to know, Beth is getting emails. As of that evening, she began to get emails from J.G. Wentworth telling her how to get her cash and get her cash now. Yes, indeed. So that would mean that her phone was listening. It was listening. We need to get, hey, there's a company that does Faraday bags and they're on a lot of the podcast shows right now. And 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 if you get people to go buy them and use your number, they give you money. We need to do a promo for that Faraday bag. So we can put Faraday bags, our phones in Faraday bags, little mini bags, and then they can't use, take pictures here, audio. It blocks them from signal while we're in here. You can use them in church. And then that way we don't get stuff like that. So we need to get like a promo plan well, I heard if you put it on airplane mode, it does that. Is that true? I did. I put mine in airplane no. mode and I didn't get it. No, that's not true. No, they have they have proved that um, they still GPS track you while you're in airplane mode. That is terrible, yep. terrible. You're still pinging. But I'm just saying, that's an example that people are listening to everything we do. To get that email and, and, and so listening here is unbelievable. Well, From I Colt asking it over there and we're talking about it. All right, today we're on rule four of the Building a Stronger Church series, the Resistance Training Camp. We're excited to be here with you. Rule four, we're going to get into it here. Mother Beth, Donna's going to have to scream out her questions and stuff, but she can do it. And uh, Lucas and I, we're all in the conversation together today. So go back and check out rule one, two, and three. They're solid. Uh, we'll sum them up at the end to kind of see where we are. But we're just trying to, under James 4, 7, and 8, where our goal in this series is to help you 
humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and, and help him to flee from you. So we're trying to get you in training camp, strengthen you up so you can get out there and be a witness. We're not ready to go be the witness yet. This series is focused on building you up to be that witness. So just kind of think of what we were doing as I used the example in, in the previous series as spiritual uh, calisthenics, spiritual isometrics. So we're doing push and pull. We're doing resistance and, and strength training and Think of pull-ups as prayer life and push-ups as devotional life and chin-ups as fasting life and sit-ups as your tithe and offering life and jumping jacks as your service, you know, inside the church, serving in the children's church, serving in the security team or on the hospitality team or the prayer team, ups and downs, uh, your up-downs, you have to up-down, up-down. Think of that as your worship life uh, in the church or deep squats. Think about that as going out to do missions and things outside the church. So, we're trying to get you built up so that you can be the church in the season when we're in a season right now that's like no other. We're in a society, as I said, that is flipped from godly when we, a lot of us grew up when, when we were young, when, when Donna didn't have gray hair and Beth didn't have gray hair that she covers up really well. And, and I, I didn't have any gray hair. I had blonde hair, you know, back in our day, you know, 10 commandments were on the wall of, of class uh, of courthouses and we could pray in school and, and, and we were, I'm not saying the nation was perfect, but, but you could talk about things like Jesus and nobody thought you were weird or belittling them. It was normal. We've gone from being a God fearing nation of the majority. And today we're the, 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 the silent retreating minority at best. People are just fearful to talk about their faith. So we're going to try to build you up so you can get strong and begin to stand for God in a special way. So we're on rule number four today. And I'm going to find, I can't find rule four. I'm trying to, where did rule, there's rule four. I couldn't find rule four. All right. Are you ready for rule four? Don, are you ready? Donna's ready. She's off mic, but she's kind of there. Yeah. Lucas, you ready for rule four? I'm, I've never been more ready. Never been more ready in your life. Mother Beth, are you ready? I'm ready. Rule four. Rule four. <coughs> Excuse me. That was a cough. That was a cough. I didn't give any warning. Church, we turn to rule four. On the dock fans, pull up your seats. Don't, I mean, I, I guess you could pull your car over and listen and relax a little bit. Um, if you're sitting someplace, uh, get you something warm to drink or cool to drink, whatever the temperature is. And I, as we turn to rule four, let me set up rule four. For me, rule four is all about manifestation. Man, infestation. It's like infestations, like when you get bugs in your house. All right. Manifestation is when you get the presence of God all in your life. So it's like the Holy Spirit's a bug all up in your business. So let's just, let's say that. In short, manifestation is what we would call the manifestation of God in your life would be the presence of God being exuberant or showing itself so that everybody could see the light you have in your life and that it's not just your light, it's it's the light of Christ. So in short, let me make this really clear. We're talking about manifestation is a real witness. Manifestation is a real witness. And for me, manifestation is an authentic experience, Beth and Lucas and Donna. It's about stripping off masks and, and, and peeling off a lot of the disguises that we use in society today to hide truth or to, to, to make people think we're better than we are. Um, and, and inviting living presence, the living presence of the Holy Spirit to the bug of God, the Holy Ghost of God to come in and infest us or manifest in us. To Manifest means to make real presence. And uh, I, I'm thinking about today, there's so much surface level stuff. Uh, Beth and I were flipping through the channels the other day and, and no, it's like Peacock, the Peacock app. And when you, when you get ready to get on Peacock, you know, they force you to watch like, like 27 seconds of stuff before they can skip past it. So we had to watch all of the versions. There were three shows coming up on TV and online. So they were telling you what's available in the network and what's available there. And they were all housewives episodes, whether it was the Hollywood or the New York or some other Timbuktu housewife group. And one housewife group, I can't remember which one they were. Every one of their faces hurt me. Every set of lips on every housewife looked like, what was the guy, Mick Jagger, that used to have those big... Was it the, was it, was it the plastic yeah. that hurt you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they are so swollen that it's, I mean, their faces are so stretched. And there is, I'm, it's not just Botox. It is stuff. They yeah. have shoved, I mean, they have 
I'm just going to say they have put padding in places that padding is not normally put. They what have they, what have they manifested, Troy? They have manifested ungodliness. I mean, they don't look natural. They don't look comfortable. They look like it looks like their whole face is a pimple that could pop. It just looks scary. And I just been thinking they're housewives. So some husband is having to look at that every evening thinking that could blow. She could blow. But, 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 but I, I just want to tell you, I don't know what the idea of being a housewife. I've never thought of having expansive interflate, like, like flotational devices for lips and cheeks and, and, and your head stretched so back and your neck pulled down so hard, you can't really naturally smile anymore. Well, in my experience, most housewives <laughs> just don't have the extra money floating around to go do that stuff to themselves. I mean, so they're all wearing designer I stuff and dressing. the whole title of housewife. I don't think any of those women are running any vacuums. Let me just say this. Uh, no. There's not a lot of mopping and, and swiffering going on. Mm-hmm. You no. know, no, I think no, they... No, no. I, lots of suctioning, lot, lot, and I think they have a lot of domestic help. Let me just say so, this. So, Troy, I actually watched a video on this the other day. Uh-huh. Um, there was a, I, there's like a fitness influencer that I follow. doesn't matter who he is, but he does a lot of goofy videos, but he came out with this video called The, the Truth About Body Dysmorphia, and he actually went and it's like, it, normally he does like a 15-minute video, but this is like a 40-minute video on how people actually are very uncomfortable with their bodies, even if they are good looking and they are in shape wow. and they are this and they are that. And so there's actually like this really bad epidemic going around that people are just like as young as like 18 getting Botox. And it's crazy. just because they feel inferior to what's on the magazine or what's on TV. Wow. And it's, right. it's really messed up. And, and and that just goes to show even like on Peacock, right? It's the first thing that they yeah. pr- that they promote. Right? Nothing, nothing but yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You you've got a buzz in your microphone. Yeah. yeah. You know. Okay. I was going to not bad, but it's something we need to address though. It's about the level of the audio thing. Uh, in short, manifestation is a real witness. So, what what they're doing is an exterior manifestation, and then you watch these housewives. You know, they're they're they're, they're really not very nice on the inside. Um, so. What we're going to be talking about here is manifestation that's internal out. So not internal only, but a light that is lit internally and then put in the pedestal of our lives. Let's say our lives are, are a little bit more visible and for all to see externally. So we're talking about an internal fire source, an internal liveliness that can be seen extrovert, extrovertedly. And to do this, we have to be the witnesses, the light on the pedestal, uh, the manifestation, the living sacrifice, if you will, to make it all happen. So let me start by walking through our root text to look at. So if you've got your Bibles and you're, you may be studying someplace, you can join us. Um, if you're in a car, just lay back and keep your eyes on the road and don't go to sleep while I read this to you. But we're going to read to you from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 12 from the New King James. Let's read this together. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself or your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. What a list. Verse 14, blessing, bless those who persecute you. 
Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And I love this. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That doesn't mean you can't defend yourself, but if at all possible, live peaceably. Verse 19, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Be nice is actually more rough to somebody than being ugly. Verse 21, as we wrap uh, wrap it up, we're actually, I said 1 through 12, it's 1 through 21. Uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's, that's just a powerful text. I think it's a good text that people could take at and take a look and, and you could just run through and assess how you're doing. I have my strong points in there, my weaker points, my developing points. And I just think that's a good text, Romans 1 uh, through 21, that we could really take a look at. Are we living on that track and developing that? So let, let me tell you where all this comes down to. Let me give you rule number four up front. Rule number four, I believe, is our biggest weapon for breaking down the hard, callous shells of unbelievers that are out there. And let me say unbelievers and maybe even dischurched people too. And for planting seeds of hope for the gospel comes by understanding that we overcome, this is the rule, we overcome evil with good. And shock and awe with good is a good medicine. We talked about this in the Iraqi war, the Gulf Iraqi Freedom War. They called the campaign when we just when we just bombed them for like three days until they were just like bombed into brokenness. And they said they bombed them so long that the Iraqi soldiers were getting out of their vehicles and walking across with flags because so many bombs had gone off for so long that they were just concussed and they were just shell-shocked. And so we, we called that shock and awe. We, we bombed them until basically the war was over before we even got there. We need to overcome evil with a shock and all of good. People need to see better in us and, and they need to see us, uh, they need to see our lives doing good things and our lives applying to good things so that the evil in their lives will begin to be broken by the hope of good and the light of good. So that, that's kind of where we're coming from for a moment. So I just want to take some thoughts around that. There's an old song, you know, in, in I guess this would be, be where I want to go. I just missed a page. It's important. There you go. Um, the resistance church on the dock listeners, Mother Beth, is about building disciples that want to be there to receive and rescue others that are perishing. We forget that one of our primary roles as Christians is to be disciples, and disciples are sent to rescue others that are not yet disciples. We're supposed to make disciples of other people. We're supposed to be uh, reproductive. We're not very reproductive. Um, I, I guess I guess we're too narcissistic, and, and what we need to be is more um, evangelically reproductive. Yes. Gosh. Um, gosh, it makes me want to say um, maybe more evangelically um, reproductive for the kingdom causing more people to be born again through witness and all that. We need to have a um, obsessive personality with that uh, to, to share the gospel. We need to be committed deeply and we need to overcome evil with a core of good. And Proverbs 24, 11 uh, is a wonderful scripture. Let me show you the scripture because it's going to tell you about a song. It says, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die, save them as a stagger to their death. It is from that proverb that we get the incredible hymn of the church, Rescue the Perishing. And when I think of our call as Christians, not only to come to Christ ourselves, but once we come to Christ, would it be reproductive? Um, that song, Rescue the Perishing, O Hymn, Care for the Dying, Snatch Them in Pity from Sin in the Grave, Weep o'er the erring one, Lift up the fallen one, Tell them of Jesus the mighty to save, Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying, Jesus is Merciful. Jesus will save. There is a, it's an old four verse hymn uh, that, that's out there. It, it's just a powerful hymn uh, of the church. And a lot of us have heard it or sung it. And we are called to be the rescuers. We're, we're, we were the drowning one and Christ saved us. And then when Christ saves us, he says, 
great. I'm going to teach you to swim and I'm going to make you a disciple. And then I'm going to make you one of my fellow lifeguards. And then together, I'm going to send you out to other watchtowers and you are going to help me begin to rescue other sheep that are in peril. And you should be out there. Uh, I mean, we're almost like, I guess we're like Baywatch for Jesus. <laughs> we need like the Baywatch theme song. <laughs> you know, we can run on the beach, you know, uh -huh, but, yeah. but, you know, not, not in bikinis, but, but we can run on the beach and our hair can flow in the air and we're going out like to be Jesus's uh, uh, people to go out to the world to be his witnesses. We need to get romantic about that. We need to get excited about that. We need to get committed to that. Uh, we are tasked, I don't think we understand, and this is why this is training camp. I don't think we understand. If you're in the NFL and you're a contract player, you're being contracted to play football and win games. If you're in the, the, the soccer league, you're being played, paid to play soccer, and I hate to tell you, they expect you to win cups and champion. Is it cups? Is that what they got? Yeah, it, it's all sorts of different stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, different. If you're in baseball, you want to win the World Series. You know, it's not just a win to win the World Series. I know coaches in football that have had winning records their entire career that get fired. Because what? They can't get their team to the playoffs. Or they can't get past the first. I know coaches, one coach that he coached a winning record over 500 every year like 600, but he could never get past the first round of the playoffs. He get the playoffs, lose, but nine years they lost to the playoffs. And finally they said, you got to go. You're not a winner. Now, by definition, he was a winner. But winning for them was not playing the game well during season. Winning was getting to the prize, which was the Super Bowl. And so they finally just said he, he could get a team to be good, but he couldn't get a team to be great. And so when the, what happens in the playoffs is you get rid of all the good teams and you have nothing but great players and great teams. And so he didn't have the ability. He was a good coach, but not a great coach. We need to be, we need to quit being just good Christians, going to good church, doing good things, doing the basics. We need to be great Christians, putting our light on a bushel basket, going, get, strengthening our arms up and, I'm talking about spiritually doing all the spiritual, strengthening up our spirit so that we can be like Baywatch for Jesus. We can actually see growth in the church, rescue those. Let me go back to the, the proverb again. Uh, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die, save them as they stagger to death. We need to be ready to, to, to go into action, to hold the rock. And when people, listen, we need to be strong enough that when things are challenged in society, that we stand on a rock and that people see to experience with us that we've been real, that we've, they go, man, I don't know much about Donna, but, but I've been watching her over the years. She's, she's consistently solid and she's been through some trials. Oh my God, the girl's been through some stuff, but she's still involved with the Lord. I mean, she's got a real, they see manifestation and the manifestation goes beyond the surface. She's not famous because she's got that platinum hair. She's not famous, or silver hair. She's not famous because she's brilliant. She's famous because she's been consistently faithful to God. And now this person's like, I'm not into God, but I might need some God. So I'm gonna go ask somebody that's real about God. And your time with God all of a sudden gives you a chance with somebody. First Peter three fifteen. My my life verse says, "Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that's within you." But do this with gentleness and meekness. If you live your life like a internal witness, lighting out over time, people will go, "Dude, how do you do that? How do you come out of every disaster uh, and and still have a smile on your face?" You are, I mean, and they can tell. It's not like you can't wince or anything like that. But you come out and and you're giving God the glory. You know. To do that, you can stand on a rock, and then when we do that, we can help people when the storms come in their life, they'll come to us and they'll actually pull their hand up in there and say, can you help me up out of the situation? Can I talk to you about this? How do you do this? And we can help people get out of the sink and sand and on the rock. And the rules we're covering in rule one and rule two and three, and now we're in rule four, we'll summarize those up in a minute. I believe there, there, there are rules that will help you get to where you'll be able to be on the rock and be there at that time to help people up. I, I don't think you're there yet. I don't think we're there yet. I'm there yet. We've got to get in. 
it's one thing to play the season in the preseason and the season and the game. I'm talking about getting into the championship where we bring people home. We bring some, we bring new people to the church. We bring new people into the kingdom. We see families saved and marriages restored. We need to get the church back where we're winning ground, not losing ground, you know, and to do that, we have to learn to lead and bring people to the rock, to lead in people to be bring people to the rock. They got to know where the rock is and they got to know the rock works and the rock works because they can see it working on you and they got to know where it is because they see you standing on it. So it's not a mythical rock. A lot of people, we talk about Jesus like he's a mythical rock. We are Jesus to most people and they need to see that. Um, one of the best stories I've ever heard was Dr. Henna. We had her on our show in, um, was it season one? Dr. Hannah, go back and look for an episode. If you, if you're, you can go to YouTube, you can go to SermonNet, um, you can go to, uh, see, you can go to on the doc.org, look back in our archives and go find the one where we talked about, uh, Dr. Hannah, Chris Hannah, and amazing woman who comes as a Liberian doctor that was trained in Russian, uh, medical world. And she talks about her experience of finding the church there. And, and what she had to do to go to church was unbelievable because they, if they found the underground church where she was at, they would have hurt them all because that, that wasn't called Dr. Hina. It was called, uh, healthy women, healthy Liberia. Yeah. She's the head of that ministry. Thank that you. Healthy title. women. Yeah. Go look for healthy women, healthy Liberia. That's Dr. Chris Henner. Uh, she's from Liberia and she talks about how she went as a Christian, but she had to keep it quiet. And then finally somebody took a risk and said, I'm a believer. And she, and she, I'm one too. Would you like to meet others? And she had been so lonely and isolated. And then she told us what it meant to find the church. You had to go from clue to clue to clue to clue to clue to clue. They hid the secrets of where the church was moving so nobody could hurt anybody and follow them. And they had to go this way and then that way and that way because the KGB followed everybody. And she said, to go to church, you'd have to start early in the morning. You might have to make three hours of moves just to finally find the body meeting in that hidden spot. Shake your tails because you could expose everybody else to pain and discomfort. And she talked about how Bible people that took Bibles in illegally, like Brother Fred and, and Sammy Tippett and Fred Starkweather, our heroes, how people that took Bibles in got them Bibles so they could read. Mm-hmm. And I just think we have people that won't even get up in the morning and go to church. Uh, last night in Wednesday night class, uh, Pastor Dan Piles said, we were talking about people of Christianity, and he said in 1960, 70% of households attended church. American households. He said in 20, was it 2010 or 2015? I think he said 2010, 2010. Mm-hmm. He said it was in 2010. He said it was down to 7%. 7%. That's 2010. 2023, it's somewhere around 2%. I saw something recently. That means on a Sunday, 2% of households have gone to church. And that reflects where the church is today. That doesn't mean we don't have a few mega churches. But we have so many that have closed and are empty and almost nobody's well, there. Well, something that I've noticed, so I've actually had to drive to church now, which is weird for me. Because <laughs> for the past <laughs> eight years, I didn't have to drive to church, right? To I, was, I, I got to walk across the parking lot. Yeah. But um, I've noticed there's like no traffic. There's no traffic. In the mornings. Oh, which, you can go. When I was a kid, like I remember 2000, Everybody. 2002, we'd be driving. There'd be people freaking everywhere. And do you do you know? But now it's, it's not like that anymore. And, uh, and to be honest with you, you used to have to all beat each other out of church to get to lunch, but I've noticed that you can you can now get it 12, 12, 30. There's no Baptist eating all the chicken. Well, I actually think the restaurants are busier before because people aren't going to church. They, they come for brunch. And then they're going to go to, for brunch. They yeah. come for the, mm-hmm. the 10 o'clock brunch, yep. 11 o'clock brunch. And then what happens is it's a little busy later, sometimes at 1 o'clock. And it used to be we always would wait till one one thirty to go because we had to let the, the Baptists eat all the chicken so we could get fresh chicken. The Chinese food could get turned over. It's not like that anymore because only 2% of people, uh, of households are going to church, 2%. That doesn't mean an individual over here, but households. So families aren't going to church. We need to begin to lead people back to church. And to do that, we ourselves have to be the church. We are, uh, let me show this picture. We are candles on lampstands, internally loving him. And the key is internally, but then externally that's got to come out in our witness for him to the world. Matthew says, neither do men light a candle 
and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and give it, get, and it giveth, giveth, that's tough. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. King James there. You don't get to read that a lot these days. So it, we need to be internally loving him, but externally, if we internally, if we love him, the greater is he will drive out. Jesus, Jesus didn't sit in, in synagogues. Jesus went to the people where they were. He was in the markets and in the fields and he was on the paths and he went to Samaria where people didn't even like his kind. And Jesus went to where they were. He took on the hard people, the Pharisees, he took on the Sadducees. I mean, he, he it was just amazing what he did. Well, I mean, that's like the whole point of manifestation, right? Yes. It's like the, is to be that light. Yeah. You, you have to be the internal light because I think something that you're, that Josh says all the time, um, your son, he always says like, your internal posture will always show your external fruit. Absolutely. Um, and, and like, that's always going to be obvious. It's like, what, what like are, if you're not producing fruit, then that probably means there's something wrong internally. And we don't want you to be the housewives with fake lips and fake cheeks and fake eyelashes and fake hair and extensions. We want you to be real. Well, that's, that's not, that's not real fruit. That's no, it's fake that, fruit. That's like them inventing this new meat, right? Like it's not, it's not real. Yeah, And they're on their 16th husband and, and you know, their dog sitters late and that's not real world stuff. Real people can't relate to that stuff. People in Hollywood and New York and Miami are not normal, but the, there's a cluster world there. They fly over us and, and, and what they do is they fly over the real world. They don't even know where their bacon comes from. You know, this is where their bacon comes from. And, and by the way, they eat turkey bacon, you know, that's not even real bacon. It tastes like garbage, you know, it's wounded. It's like, it's like, like terrible. I don't know what it is. The resistance rescues those. Listen, the resistance we're called to be as the church rescues those seeking refuge. So we got to be appealing. And then the resistant takes new ground also and expands territory. So we rescue those that need refuge. And we should also be pulling them up. And then with them, the church becomes a bigger rock. The, the rock is not a static place. The rock is the faith that we live on. And if, if I'm here living for Jesus and Beth comes to live for Jesus, that means our house is living for Jesus. Then Donna comes and Rick comes. We have two houses living for Jesus. We have more surface. We, we have room for Luke. Lucas, come on in. You know, the church gets bigger. The, the gates of hell cannot prevail as we get bigger. And so we should be taking new ground. Exodus 23 says, verse 29 says, but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would not become, would become desolate and the wild animals too numbers for you, for you little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough take, to take possession of the land. If God just gave us this whole region for Jesus Christ, there's not enough Christians at 2% to even manage it. We couldn't fund the light bills of the churches that exist. Most of them can't fund it. They're being funded by endowments and a lot of them are being shut and sold. So we can't, we don't want it just taken. We need to win it a heart and a soul at a time. As people come on board, we receive their gifts, we receive their tithes, we receive their service, their skills, and the church gets bigger and stronger. He does the same for us today as a church, as we're faithful uh, in, in Matthew, it's also I think in Luke and a couple others, as we're faithful with a few things, he puts you in charge of more. So as you're faithful with what you are able to do here or there and what you witness here or there, uh, Luke 16, 10, one who is faithful in a little, very little is also faithful much. So the more we do, the better we get at it, the more God will give us and, and, and the more ground he'll let us take. Right now, I hate to tell you, the church is doing nothing but losing ground. And it's erosion. It's not that Jesus is failing us, is that Jesus doesn't live where people don't stand on him. He doesn't live in vacancy. He lives in lives that are connected to him. So he lives where there's light and, and there's a, there's a, a bushel, a, a basket to stand or, or a basket, I guess a stand to stand on, not a bushel to cover it. He won't live where he's covered. When he's covered, he, 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 he doesn't live in hiddenness. He lives in openness. Our God's not ashamed. It's us that gets ashamed of God. Matter of fact, Romans tells us, if we go back and read our text for today, Romans told us right here, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies as a living, open, living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service, and not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're not to be ashamed. We're to be transformative. We're, 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 to, we're to cause people to see uh, that we're different, not, 
not not to disturb people. Everybody thinks Christians shouldn't disturb people. We should be very quiet about our faith. Like it's a library. Your faith is not in a library. Your faith is supposed to be, like Lucas said, up on a stand so people can see it. And we've got been told to tone it down and 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 don't oppress people with your Jesus. But instead, we got to understand, bottom line, here it comes. Victory comes, Exodus 23, 30 tells us that victory comes. Christianity will expand. The church will expand little by little by our successes. So we've got to just uh, witness here and be real here and over here, do a little bit more, share our faith over here, read the Bible over here, stand on the promises of God. And guess what? Manifestation occurs. And when manifestation occurs, people see light and go, Oh, I'm in trouble. By the way, can I talk to you about your God? Could I come over on your rock and, and, and spend a day and, and find out about what's this Bible? What's this faith? You know, we get an opportunity to share our hope. And I don't think we're doing a lot of that today, Beth. I don't think we're doing a lot of that today, Lucas. I don't think we're doing a lot of that today, Donna. And those of you out there, I don't think we're we're taking advantage of our faith in Christ. Our, our, I, I stopped today. Uh, we, I was in a meeting before I came here at Buffalo Wild Wings, and all three of us were meeting a couple organizations. And we got the food on the table, and I took my hat off. And without even saying anything, the two other gentlemen immediately knew that I was going to pray because they were both Christians. But the waitress had no clue I was going to pray because she's young and she doesn't understand a man removing his cap and putting it at his heart is is, is fixing to either sing the national anthem or he's going to pray. <laughs> and, and so I started to pray and then she says, oh, I'm so sorry. And I just kept praying. And afterwards I said, that's okay. I said, and then at the end I prayed for her. And she said, and then she said, thank you for praying for me that I'd have a good day. And I said, no problem. I'm sorry. I should have seen you standing there. And, and you know, that may bless her, that may not bless her. But I think next time she'll see some guys with their hats off, she'll go, those people are Christians. And I remember the last set, bless me. Now that's going to get to a story I'm going to tell. So just park that on the side for a second. We'll come back to that. Well, probably your reaction to her had more effect than your prayer even. Yeah, I, probably the way you handled it. I mean, you could have handled it differently. You could have berated her for and erupting, and interrupting you, and yeah, you know, yeah, how dare you, you know, do that, you know. And there are people that would do that. So. Really, that's people are terrible, terrible. I'm trying to figure out where this text comes from. Okay, check this out. As the resistance takes a stand against the evil empire, we, we have the resistance. And we talked about how the Star Trek and the Borg and, and there's uh, uh, the Star Trek and the Empire Strikes Back. We also take up a stand. So we, Ephesians tell us, take up the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground and have, after having done everything to stand. So we've got to learn to build up our faith and refuse retreat. It's okay to pray in public. It's okay to represent your faith in Christ in public. It's not offensive to somebody. It's okay to ask them to wait a second while you pray. And matter of fact, the other day, you, uh, you and I were praying someplace, I think, Beth, uh, and the lady obviously was a Christian that was waiting on us because she said, oh, thank you. You know, she stepped in. She said, we started praying. She stepped in closer to us to pray. You know, so so if we would begin to demonstrate an, inter an intent internal manifestation again, I think we would see a movement of God. We don't have a lot of time left in this episode. I want to get out of this in a minute, but I, but I want to talk about why I picked rule four to be rule four. Rule four. I believe our task, our, our, one of our chief tasks, Great Commission, is to rescue the perishing, and that is the mission and chief task of the resistance. Is 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 we've got to be saved, we've got to manifest, and then our chief task is to get out and you know do something with that task. And, and, and we're just failing in there. And rule four is that we're supposed to overcome evil with good, but to overcome evil with good, you got to get out there and do something good. And shock and all means you got to do a lot of stuff good and you got to be consistently good so people can see it over time and it can begin to make them think differently about Christians. And we've got to be careful because there's so many bad things out there. And, and one of the things is like, is for us to have prayed today, prayed for her and then given her no tip or a bad tip, would have done more damage than good damage. So, you know, I made sure she got a nice tip today. It was a very normally fair, 25, like 20, 25%. And, but, but Beth and I both served. There's an article a few weeks ago that was out and it, it, this is what we experienced when we used to serve years ago. And that's when everybody went to church, 70%. 
But there was an article a few weeks ago talking about how bad Christians are at tipping. It was an article about how servers hate to see Christians coming because the average tip is almost half what it should be. Almost half what it should be. So if servers think that about the kingdom already, how do you overcome that evil when they already think, oh my God, here they come. We got to do right things. We got to shock and all. We got to do right things for people. Which we can vouch for. I mean, that was going on when we were serving oh, tables horrible. too. That's, horrible. that's nothing new. But it's worse. It's worse. Yeah. It's worse now because we need to be turning the tide. And, and what's happened, the flood's going the other way. Yeah. Uh, my first week at Highland Hope, I, I was starting the church there, getting ready to plan it. That's Lucas's home church that we came out of. And there was a whole article on the front page about how another, I was Methodist in those days, how another Methodist pastor in a joining committee was molesting people. Molesting uh, preacher was molesting women and children. Boy, that really helps you plan a new church in that community next to it when the one over there is molesting. We can do, when we, when we help evil and we do shocking all bad, it really makes it hard on that. So we need, not only do we have to overcome that kind of stupid stuff, we ourselves need to be consistent because people are watching. Let, let me give this example and we'll get out of this. For years I was in, in Liberia doing surgery and for two or three years we would do these outreaches on this school and the teachers watch us, we work on a lot of them. So happens our computer teacher is Muslim. And, and long story short, you know, I've preached about this many times, his name was Muhammad, which you expect, I think everybody that's Muslim is Muhammad in Liberia. But, but Muhammad came to me after the third year and said, why do you come here? Uh, uh, I've got questions. I said, what are the questions? Well, that man that walks to us, doctor, it was Dr. Umana, and he had his nurse and they operated on 20 people that day. So he was looking at their eyes from yesterday's surgery, 20 eye patches, people, it was kind of like a bunch of pirates. And he says, what kind of money does he make to do this? And I said, he doesn't make any money. He loses money. He, he paid to come. He, he paid for two other people to come. He sent about $60,000 of supplies that he got donated and uh, he won't see anybody for 10 days. So that means he doesn't see 20 people a day and he'll have no billing for those two days. So no, this dude lost a lot of money to come here. What? How much money do you get to come? I said, well, I sold ribs in the cold and uh, we raised money and, and we worked to come and I paid $3,500. Everybody here did that. Really? I thought somebody paid you or the UN or the government or somebody. No, no, we come because we, we want to. He says, well, why would you do that? Because we want to share the love of Jesus with you. Through medicine, we want to help heal the sick and the suffering. And we're hoping people like you will ask us why we do it. He said, why do you do it? I said, because Jesus compelled us to come see you. That night at the revival we had that night, we had video on that night, he got saved that night because for three years he thought Christians came because they were paid to come or had to come. He didn't ever consider the fact that we came because of the manifestation of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in our life that drives us and compels us to come. And he could not figure out why we would do such a thing. And it caused him to say, I want to be one of you because my faith won't do that. My faith is one that's almost impossible to have this kind of joy. And so it was a different day. And so what I want to say to you is we need to overcome. It took us three years to get him to ask that question. Three years. And when he gave his life to Christ, he actually lost his family because his family had to throw him out because he'd gone from Muslim to Christian. And he continues to be a Christian today, leading other Muslims out of Christianity. If we will just be consistent our shock in all campaigns can overcome evil with good. And I believe that they're our biggest weapon for breaking down the hard, calloused shells of unbelievers, not just in Liberia, but in our United States right now. The hard shells of waiters and waitresses and people in everyday life. For planting seeds of hope of the gospel comes by understanding that we do it by seeing consistency. And maybe some bad Christians have done some bad things, but let's talk to those that are on the dock friends. Let's be good Christians doing good things for great for great reasons. Amen. So basically we're going to be back with you with rule number five. Hopefully you're enjoying that. And just remember number one, all I surrender all you got to do that. Number two, love Jesus and fear God. Both. You got to do both. Go back and watch that episode. It's fantastic. John Bevere has a clip in it. That's fabulous. And then also double strength portion. If you want to be a double whammy, powerful Christian, then get in the training room on the basic stuff and work it out and earn it. You have to earn that. And finally, overcome evil with good. And why don't we just shock and all our communities and our people around us for Jesus Christ? It will really, really change things. Guys got anything to wrap up with? No, no. Fantastic. Donnie, you learning a lot over there. 
You're ready for the next one? Donna's going to be on the switch in the next episode, so stand by. No telling what you're going to see <laughs> or what you're going to hear, right. but it is going to be somebody stepping up on the rock to be the next techie on the dock. I'm Pastor Troy. We're getting ready for episode number five. Come back for rule number five in building a strong church series, the resistance training camp. Go check us out at onthedock.org. You can go find all the previous episodes we talked about and info at onthedock.org. And go find Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia with Dr. Chris Hanna. Go back and watch that episode. Learn about that. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes is our main market. Please hit subscribe, like, notify on those. They count to help us out. Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. You can watch us in. Let's hear your social media stuff on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. Put those notes there. Hit comments, please. All that helps us. Go to my Patreon. Take us up and be one of our partners. Be one of our partners at the 510, 20, or $50 level and help us get a new, what do you call those things? A new foamy. We got to find our foamy. And, uh, or be a sponsor of the show. We have three levels of sponsorship. We'd love to have you. If you don't have a church home, Community Faith Church meets in Marion, Illinois. Sundays at 10 o'clock, Wednesdays 6.30. You can watch us at coftv.com. Check us out both on our Wednesday and Sunday platforms. We'd love to have you, but we want you to get here and be a part of us. If you're out there somewhere else, find a good Bible-believing church or give us a call, email us, and we'll help you find one in your area. We'll check it out for you and get you connected someplace where you can get fed and filled and ready to get out there and be a part of the resistance. I'm Pastor Troy with Mother Beth. Lucas is over there training Donna for the next episode, and we'll be back with rule number five. I'm Pastor Troy. We've enjoyed having you, and you've been on the dock. We'll see you soon.